we're having our game not as well, so make sure you're here for that. But okay, let's go ahead and dive into this week three of this series. We've talked about in the last couple weeks overcoming offense, not allowing offense to bother us, not, not allowing us to hold a grudge, that bait of Satan. The bait, the trap that Satan throws out to us to hold a grudge, to hold offense. Because if we take that offense, that offense can turn to anger and it can turn to malice. And, and that's one thing that we want to make sure that we don't get to. So overcoming offense. Last week we talked about overcoming shame. And it was a deep, deep message. But it was one that I believe people were set free and transformed. And today we're going to be talking about overcoming labels. Overcoming labels. And this one is, is it hits home with me. And I'll explain some of my story later on in this message. But we're going to be talking about overcoming labels this morning. Would you help me pray? Lord God, I thank you so much for this great morning. God, I thank you for this worship. God, I thank you for this atmosphere right now. God, you know I can't do this by myself. You know I can't do this on my own power, God. You know I cannot do this. So, Father God, I'm asking you right now, Jesus, to allow me once again to, 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 to work under the operation of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, work through me and give me the words to say, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you'd be my mouth as I speak. God, I'm your willing servant. I'm your willing servant to just bring forth this word that somebody might need needs to hear this morning. So, God, I'm asking you, please, to... To, to just work in me, to open up our minds, to know our eyes, to see our ears, to hear the truth of your word today. God, use us in a mighty way. In your name I pray. And everybody said. So I'm really thankful that all you are here with us today in this amazing, sunny, hot weather outside, right? It's raining and it's nasty. But I'm thankful that you're here. And all those that might be watching live stream, thank you so much for, 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 for tuning in. Or even might even pull this up later. Because as you've heard, we have many different platforms now that we can share the gospel through, through things like, you, like, like the um, Apple Podcast and Spotify and SoundCloud and Google Play and all these different things. So now you can listen to it and share this anywhere you are. There's numerous platforms. And, but the best one I think that we offer is being right here in the house of God. Amen. I think that's the best one we have. So if you're able to, make sure you're here. But it's always nice to offer those services to other people throughout the world or maybe homebound or people that are sick or maybe even traveling. I've had many stories of people traveling on vacation and they tuned into our live stream. So it's always good to, to have that. But, but what we're doing today is we're going to talk about perhaps something from the past that has haunted us, that has, uh, that has uh, paralyzed us from living the life that God really wants us to live. Your offense and shame, then today I believe is a special message because I believe it's going to speak to some of us in such a way that could really provide internal healing when it comes to who you are. We're going to talk about overcoming the labels that bind us, overcoming the labels that we often wrongly believe and often we, we sometimes believe what other people call us because the reality is people become what we call them. Our kids become what we call them. People become what we call them. So those, those are labels that we attach to people. And we've got to be careful what we label them as. Right? So I want to talk to you first of all, because we kind of open up this message about the power of our words. And, and how many of you know this morning that words can be very, very powerful? You know, words have the power to create. 
Words have the power to heal. Words have the power to shape. Words have the power to motivate. On, But on the negative side, the words have the power to hurt, and they have the power to wound, and they have the power to discourage, and words have the power to destroy. And in fact, there's this little saying, and in, 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 in it's only words, but what's, what's, what's the old saying? that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the dumbest phrase I think anybody in the history of the world has ever come up with. Amen? Because words can hurt. It's very inaccurate. And, and anybody in here can, can, can probably think back to a time where somebody has said something to someone or labeled them as something, and inside we carried that hurt. And I want to talk about that this morning. But not only can words hurt, but actions can hurt too. Do you know that sometimes the lack of words hurt? Sometimes somebody wants somebody just to reach out to them, let them know that we're praying for them, and let them know that we care, and then nobody reaches out, and the lack of words to somebody sometimes hurts. So we got to be careful the type of words that, that we use. Words can really, really, really hurt, and they often stick with us for a long time. But the reality is this right here. In Proverbs chapter 18, and it talks about the tongue and our words. And what, what, what does that scripture say? It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words can build and words can destroy. The truth is, when you hear something over and over again, it's hard to not actually believe that it's becoming true. Words have shaping power in our lives. And I was blessed to grow up with two parents that were really great, and they encouraged me. Dad would always tell me how proud he was and how happy he was of me. Mom would over and over and over say again, you can do anything you set your mind to. And those types of things shape the person that I am today. And they labeled me as somebody who is an overcomer. They labeled me as something that no matter what life might throw at me, I'm able to rise above it. Because ever since a young child, son, you can do it. Son, if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. Son, I'm proud of you. Son, I'm so happy for, for, for you. And it just over and over and over, and it builds encouragement in somebody, right? I honestly believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that so much of what I'm able to do today is based on the encouraging words that they spoke over me my entire life. And I, and, I, and, I, and I honestly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, think it would be more, more, more difficult and more hard. Not impossible, but a lot harder to do what I'm doing now had they not done that. It's very important that we shape other people around us by the encouraging words that we give. You know, and, and, and here's, here's the reality. Maybe, maybe, maybe let's call it for what it is, okay? And there's many of us, many of you, who may be different areas of your life that we've actually struggled in the present because of labels that we picked up in the past. We struggle with who we are today because of what somebody has called us. And, and maybe somebody said something to you at, at one time, called you something, made you feel less than you should have, and you've held that label inside, and maybe you've done something even years and years and years ago and can't seem to get the guilt to go away. On the inside, you own that action. You connect who you are with something that you did, and maybe you heard something about you on the outside, and you started to believe it on the inside. And you started to believe things like you'll never be able to. You started to believe things like you'll never overcome. You'll start to believe things like you'll never be healed. And it's because of hurtful labels that somebody has told you on the outside that has caused your inside self to not believe what God can really do. And I don't know what that label might be this morning. 
I don't know what you're going through, but, certain, but, but there has to be those of you who've owned the label. It might be lazy. Somebody might have called you lazy or just average. You're always average. You don't amount to anything. You're just insecure. You're hot-headed. You lose your cool. You're overly emotional. You're annoying. Yeah, and, and I hate this one. You're crazy. And especially in the, in the world that we live in today when mental illness is a real thing, something so nobody should ever be called that. Or here's the one that I literally hate. And we talked about it last week. What do we do sometimes? Somebody does something, our kids, and we say, shame on you. Here's what we're literally doing. We're throwing shame on them. And we have to be careful at the words that we say because I don't want my children to raise to, 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 to grow up with shame on their life. I don't want them to carry that label of shame, so therefore I don't do that to them. But let's be honest, you know, sometimes, you know, we become what we call ourselves. Sometimes maybe it's not somebody else that has called you that, but maybe you've called yourself that. Maybe you've called yourself that you'll never overcome. So let's be honest, sometimes we own a negative label. And there are times when there might be some truth to it. In other words, someone says you're lazy and you own that label. You might actually not be the most motivated person there ever has been, right? Or maybe there are times where you've lost your cool. But the truth is, okay, God, you can overcome that. That might be who you were then, but it doesn't have to be who you are now. Because God can help us to overcome that. God's God's power is larger than your past. His grace is stronger than any label that anybody or even yourself has put on you. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. And I want us to unpack that thought right there. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later if you've embraced hurtful, negative thoughts, if you've embraced those labels that paralyze you, that hold you back, that hold you down, that tells you you're less than. If you've embraced that type of label today, I want to encourage you. I want you to name it something different. I want you to take that label that has so brought you down your entire life and I want you to rename that to something God says you are. How do I know we can do that? In the book of of, of Genesis chapter 35, if you'll go with there, with me, there's a really cool story. It's a love story about a guy named Jacob who actually met Rachel when he was taking care of sheep and he saw her and really liked what he saw. He really liked what he saw, that's what the Bible says. And evidently, Rachel was very, very, very beautiful. But she had a sister named Leah. Scripture says Rachel was beautiful, but then it talked of Leah, and it says she had weak eyes. I don't know about you, but that can be hurtful, right? Basically, what the Bible's saying is Rachel is absolutely beautiful, but Leah has a great personality. That's what the Bible says. Now, we're not going to get too much into Leah because if you read into to this, in, this, this, this whole deal, you'll find out that, that uh, Jacob felt different about her in the end. But today, I want to focus on Rachel. And I want to focus on a certain situation that she went through. And so long story short, is this, you know, this is tough. And, uh, and you know, uh, Jacob, he's all into Rachel and not so much Leah. So he goes to dad and he says, hey, I want your daughter Rachel. Dad says, okay, fine, work for me seven years. Jacob's like, okay, done, seven years he gets to work. Well, at the end of the seven years, the dad plays a little switcheroo here, and instead of getting Rachel, he gets weak eyes, right? And at the end, he's like, wait a second, wait a second, that's not what I asked for. I did what you told me to do, and I, I, I want Rachel, well, then work seven more years. 
So 14 years he works to marry his dream girl. Then what do they want? They want a house. They want a picket fence. They want a couple kids. They want a dog and all that stuff, right? But the problem was for years they couldn't conceive. For years, nothing was able to happen. They were desperate and they were broken. Rachel was totally beside herself comparing. She kept saying, my sister's got all these kids. Everybody's pregnant. We've tried everything. They couldn't conceive. And then after years of this agony, they finally give birth. Then she wants another one. And they conceive a second time. And tragically, the second pregnancy doesn't end well for Rachel. And for a few moments, I want to show you how this story goes. And we're actually going to see when you are supposed to name something, something different. In Genesis chapter 35, starting verse number 16. It says, then they moved on from Bethel while they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. As she was having Great difficulty, once again, in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. It was supposed to encourage her. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Benoni, but his father named him Benjamin. Now this is important that you catch this. She named him one thing, but the father named it something different. We're going to see a description of two different times when she's giving birth and had great difficulty where we don't know what's going on, but this wasn't a day and age where you could just have an emergency C-section and she couldn't just go, you know, get help. She's in big, you know, a trouble and the prayer and it's not going well and her life is in imminent danger. And verse 17 says she's having great you know, a difficulty. And, and then in childbirth, this midwife's supposed to encourage her. And he, she says, don't despair for you have a son, right? But then verse 18, this, as Rachel breathed her last. What do you think about this? In this season that she was in, something she had prayed for and wanted for so long. And she wasn't going to get to watch this child grow up. And she wasn't going to watch this child take his first steps. And she wasn't going to watch this child eat and play and do all the things that mom, moms want to do. So as she breathed her last breath, she named him Abinoni. But the father named him something different. You know names are important? Names are super important. Anytime you're naming children, you should really look to see what the name means. Because we need to be careful on what we name them. And in case you're wondering, my name, Chris, means Christ-like. But Brock means badger, so I'm a Christ-like badger. That's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what quite that means, but that's what. But when my wife and I were naming our kids, okay, we were very careful about what we named them. Because each of my children has their own story. When we, when we named Aiden Matthew, we named him because Aiden means little fire. And Matthew means from God. And we thought because of this, Megan having red hair, you know, little fire, Aiden would come out with red head. But little did we know that what that meant for us was that he was going to be the spark plug that keeps everything going. And he does. When Israel Micah came, Israel means may God prevail. And Israel did prevail after many, many, many years of being hard-headed, right? 
But then Micah means like God. He will prevail. Both of them, I promise you today, I feel it inside, have something special planned for for, for them because I have a little fire from heaven and I have somebody like God who will prevail when anything that life throws at him. That's what I've named them. And then... Eliza Grace has come along. Eliza is short for Elizabeth, which in Hebrew means daughter of the king. Grace meaning the favor of God. She is a daughter of the king. It's important. Why, why, why did I choose to name them these? Because I chose to do something. I, I chose every day instead of waking up and calling them lazy. I chose instead of waking up and, 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 and trying to call them something that they're not. I chose to call them blessed. I chose to call them anointed. I chose to call them courageous. I chose to call them strong. I chose to call them bold. I call my boys handsome and I call my little girl the most beautiful thing that's ever walked this earth why because I want them to grow up knowing that the label is who Jesus says they are and I got to be honest some of the names that are coming out in this generation are I'll just say creative can I say that let's just leave it there let's move 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 on okay back to our text verse number 18 let's read this again as Rachel breathed her last breath for she was dying she named her son what? She named her son, she named her son Abinoni. The name Abinoni means Ben means son, and Onai means sorrow. Which completely made sense in the season that she was in because he was the son of her sorrow. She was the son of, of her pain. She wasn't gonna get to watch him grow up. She wasn't going to get to watch him live a full and great life. So when he, he comes out and she holds him in his arms, she calls him Benoni, son of my sorrow. But if you think about it, in that moment, Rachel wasn't the only one grieving. Who else was grieving the mister? I worked 14 years for the, for the girl and now she's dying. I worked 14 years so I could live a life with this woman and now she's giving birth and she's about to die. So when she said that I'm going to name him son of my sorrow, he said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that because what might be true in this moment won't be true forever. I don't want this child to relive and to rehearse the pain of his mother dying. And and never do I want him to think that he was the reason. I don't want my child to be named son of my sorrow. So he called him something different. He called him a Benjamin. And we'll get into the meaning of that in just a moment. But let me tell you something this morning. If you don't like the label you've been given. If you don't like what somebody has called you. If you don't like what somebody has has said to you. Call it something else. You have power over who you are in Jesus Christ. And you don't have to believe every lie of the enemy. You don't have to believe every lie that somebody throws at you. But what's interesting to me is Jacob actually had some experience in renaming things. In fact, if you know the, the whole deal, there's this one time he's wrestling with what was like an angel. Or, or, you know, he was wrestling with God and Jacob's wrestling and he endures the night. And at the end of the night he says, bless me for I have survived this. Bless me. 
So God looks at him and says this. He said, your name was Jacob, which means deceiver. But now I'm going to call you Israel, which means my God prevails. Jacob, who is now Israel, no longer called the deceiver. He looks around and says, well, since we're in the renaming business here, I'm going to rename this place Penal, which means the face of God, because I saw the face of God and lived. And if you look through scripture, there's other times where Jacob has renamed things. But his wife called this son, son of my sorrow. And he said, no, I don't want my son to grow up that way. So I'm going to call you Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. I don't want you to relive a life where your mom was in pain. I want you to know that you are the right hand of that, that Jesus Christ lives in you. The son of my right hand, it was the symbol of his blessing. You see what the enemy meant for harm, God's going to find the good. Amen? What others would call a curse, I'm going to call a blessing. What others call sorrow, I'm going to call a blessing from God. This is important. You don't get to choose what comes into your life, but you do get to choose what you call it. Did you hear that this morning? You don't always get to choose what comes into your life, but you do get to choose what you call it. Okay, you do get to choose whether or not you allow the label to define who you are. Whatever label you've been called, whatever people have told you, whatever has limited you to being all God wants you to be, you are allowed to call it by a different name. And that name this morning is not lazy. That name is not angry. That name is not too young. That name is not too old. I've heard that over and over again in my life. He's too young to to, to do this. He's too old to do this. God doesn't care about age. He, he, He just cares about obedience. And are you willing to be used of God? Your name is not crazy. Your name is not hot headed. Your name is not ordinary. Your new name is beautiful. Your new name is is perfect. Your new name is wonderful. It's chosen. It's overcomer. It's child of God. And the only name that matters to me is the name that's above every other name. Is that Jesus Christ formed me. And he formed me in his own image. And he formed me perfect. And I get tired in youth ministry. So many times I've had students come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm not pretty. I'm not beautiful. I'm not handsome. I'm ugly. I can't. I said, stop calling yourself that. Stop naming yourself that. That is not who Jesus says you are. He says you're loved and you are beautifully created in the image of Christ. It may look like the son of my sorrow, but I choose to call this son of my right hand. Whatever has kept you from living to the full potential, rename it this morning. Because see, if you believe the label, then the label holds the power. If you believe the label, whatever it might be, then that label holds the power over your mind. So we have to be careful what we call ourselves. Take the power back. You see, if there's a label... That you've embraced and you don't like it. Name it something different. My speech could have defined me. Can I be honest this morning? My speech could have defined me and for a long time I allowed it to label me as someone who could never stand behind a a, a pulpit and preach. I almost led every teacher and every student, every friend that I thought was a friend. I used to believe everything that they said, well you're never going to amount to anything. 
because sometimes I couldn't talk right, but then I realized that it could be my greatest strength, that I realized it could be my greatest asset because I know the power of Jesus inside of me, and I know I have to rely on him, and I know better than to try to stand up here without the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. You may call it something that might hurt me. I call it an asset. You see, what somebody has said to your negative, what somebody has said that could harm you, use it for your good. And turn it around and say that my God can do anything. You see, because what happens is your enemy can take something and mean it for harm. And our good God can use it for something good. If you don't like what you've been given, rename it. Because put a new luggage tag on it. Because it's not the tag that means anything. It's what's inside the suitcase. Rename it to something good. You see, I allowed the pastor's kid label to hurt me. All throughout my life, pastor's kid, pastor's kid. What's, what's, what's that mean to me? I took my youth, my first youth, youth, my youth pastor job in Cleveland, Tennessee. And I loved it. I loved what I did. But I never thought that I was good enough. I never thought I was good enough, so I lived in the shadow of my dad. And every single interview I ever had, I would tell people, don't hire me because of my last name. Hire me because of who I am. Because I struggled so much with living under the shadow of the holder last name. I did. And I fought that for years, and I made a mistake because early on in ministry... I never felt like I was good enough, and I couldn't ever embrace the fact that I was a pastor. I thought I was a, a, a pretend pastor, a, a junior pastor, and, and I had somebody one time call me pastor, and I said, no, my name's Chris, because I never saw myself in that role, because that was my dad, right? I never thought that I could do what he did because I wasn't good enough. I was unworthy. I was too young, right? I've not done anything yet to, to be labeled the, 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 the word pastor. I can't own that label yet. And trust me, when I tell you this morning, it took a lot to overcome that mindset, to overcome that label inside of me. And one day God helped me overcome that. And now that's who I am today. And, and, and there's something here that God's, God's going to call you something different than what everybody else has called you. God's going to call you something different. And, and maybe it's even a title that we have to grow into. Why? Because you're special. You're transformed. You're new. You're a difference maker. You're a child of God. You may not believe it yet, but over time you'll grow into it. You might not believe that you can be who you think that you need to be, but God had the faith and the confidence in you from the very beginning. So stop believing all the lies that everybody else has said over you and instead believe what God says about you. I kept growing. I got licensed, went through the whole process, MIP, CAMS, exhorter, ordained minister, ordained a bishop, and I quickly realized it wasn't a piece of paper that made me who I, who I am. But it was the calling of God on my life. You see, it's not about the title, it's about the towel. And are you willing to serve? Are you willing to do what God has called you to do? And I began to, to work into, I, 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 I began to become who God says that I, I, I am. And I realize I'm a little bit different. I realize I do things in, in a different way. But why be normal when you can be different? 
Let's be honest. Why do I need to be a normal pastor when I can be different? Because God's called us to be set apart. He's not called us to look like the rest of it, right? He's called me to be different. Call it something else. It's not something that can harm you. It's an asset. So stop allowing bad labels to to dictate who you are. That might be true about me now, but it won't be true about me later. Somebody needs to hear that. You've been owning a label for way too long. Someone may have called you that, and it may be true in the moment, but it's not true forever. This is not son of my sorrow. This is a blessing. It's son of my right hand. What we need to do is to allow the Holy Spirit to break the labels that bind us. My question for you this morning, what negative label has impacted you? What negative label has kept you bound? If you don't like what you've been called, name it something different. Someone's called you insecure. It's been something you've lived with for, for far too long. No, let me tell you something. You are confident in Jesus Christ. And I have everything in Christ I need to do. Everything that he calls me to do. Call it something else. Somebody might have called you lazy. No, I'm not. I'm being transformed by him. I am motivated to fulfill the divine calling in my life. I wake up every day with divine purpose and use my gifts to make a difference. No, I am not miserable. The, the Bible tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I call it something different. Don't embrace the lie. Don't embrace what the enemy says, but rather, you are made new. Amen. You may have been saying right now, well, I'm just going through a tough season. It's a really bad season. No. You see, actually, because in this season, (laughs) you're being conformed to the image of Christ and being shaped as I am learning to persevere and to have faith and to trust in Christ. When it looks like I'm being hurt, actually, deep down on the inside, I'm being transformed. My spiritual roots are about to grow deeper, and it may look like winter, but spring's coming, and I believe it for somebody today. I believe it on the outside, you're carrying this face of hurt. You're carrying this son of my sorrow. On the outside, everything is just in a wreck. But inside, you're growing. Inside, you're learning. And inside, you are truly becoming to be who Christ has called you to be. Stop believing the label. Rename it something different. You see, you might say, I feel so alone right now, Pastor. I'm totally dreading tomorrow. I heard, I, I know, ma'am, no, sir. Let me tell you something. He is my strength. He is my comfort, and He is my help in time of need. When you need Jesus, all you got to do is reach out and call to Him. Come on, somebody. You might say, I failed. I'm just a failure. It might have been true in your past, but but, but guess what? There's another way to look at it now. Hey, look at the experience that you've got. Man, I've learned so much. Man, I'm growing. I'm going to take what I've learned. I'm going to apply it. And whenever your enemy calls you something you don't like, name it something different. Why? Because perspective matters. Perspective matters. The reality is you have an enemy who hates you. His mission to steal, to kill, and to destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. But let me tell you what really matters. 
you matter. You matter. You matter to the heart of God. Our enemy is a liar. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when he speaks, he speaks his native language. He is a liar. The father of lies. What he wants to do is tell you over and over again what you're not. You're not good enough. You are pathetic. You're never going to amount to anything. You can't make a difference. After what you did, if they really knew, and on and on and on and on. Those are the past. But we serve a savior of the new who came into this world born of a a virgin inheriting sin. Who never sinned. Who loved us where we were. Died so that we could be forgiven. Rose again from the dead. So that anybody who calls upon him is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. What's the Bible say? Therefore if anyone is in Christ the, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Let me tell you something real quick this morning. And we'll close in in, in a moment. But if you have allowed a label to define you your whole life, let these three quick things right here, let, let them set you free and allow the Holy Spirit to do work in you, number one. When you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, God will give you a new name. He will give you a new name. What's the scripture say? The nations will will see you and all kings of your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. And with a new name, God will give you, number two, a new purpose. A new purpose because Luke chapter 5 says, it's talking about James and John. But what happens, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people. Because God changed who they were. He gave them a new name. So now you're not going to, 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 to fish like you've always done it. Now you're going to be fishers of men. God will give you a new name. He'll give you a new purpose. And number three, he will give you a new future. Because Jeremiah 29 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So what should we do? It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do to forget what is behind, don't allow the past to dictate who you are. I will forget what is behind, and I will strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the mark, towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Bible also says, for you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance. Do you realize that the earthly labels of this world mean nothing when it comes to Jesus? He died for every negative label that you've ever been called. You are beautiful. You're perfect. You're unique. You're strong. You're courageous. You're bold. You're handsome. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are cherished. You are great. You are mighty. You're an overcomer. That's who you are. You're not lazy. You're not pathetic. You're not nasty. You're not you're none of those things. Stop believing the lies of the enemy.
have some music playing, you might look at it this morning and say, this looks like son of my sorrow. But Jacob said, no, your name will be Benjamin, son of my right hand. Name it something different. What's true in the moment doesn't have to be true in the future. I call it a blessing. What others call it a curse, I call it a blessing. That's how good God is. What's the point? If we allow it, it affects children from the youngest of age where they feel alone. Nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. It starts there and it goes all the way up. Well, well you're too old to, to matter to any. No, you're not. Stop believing that. Labels can be a stronghold in us. And it can keep us from fulfilling the potential that God has for you. It's time to erase the label and rename it to something different.